Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kudzu Radio Hour Special Edition number two. Can you believe it? Uh, two of them in one week. How about that? But uh, this uh, podcast was recorded on Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. That's right, October 28th, 2020. And uh, the Texas state flag is flying at half-mast yet again with recent word of the passing of the great, great, great Billy Joe Shaver. And uh, our thoughts are with his family and friends. And I feel very blessed that I got to know him a little bit and spend some time with him. One of the greatest songwriters ever. So a big shout out to Billy Joe Shaver. Godspeed, brother. And speaking of Godspeed, the primary reason for this podcast was the passing of Jerry Jeff Walker uh, just a few days ago. And uh, another phenomenal singer-songwriter. If he had never written anything besides Mr. Bojangles, but that was only the beginning. Uh, he wrote so many great songs, plus he helped to launch the careers of other great songwriters, uh, including Ray Wiley Hubbard and Towns Van Zandt and folks like that. So uh, Jerry Jeff uh, recorded one of the greatest albums ever. They recorded a lot of great albums, okay, uh, a whole a whole bunch of good ones, but uh, everybody remembers Visa, Viva Terlingua, um, the album went gold, platinum, whatever. I mean, just uh, sold a bazillion copies, and um, of course, uh, we're going to play a few songs from that album today on the podcast. Uh, our special guest today is. Austin, Texas's own California boy, <laughs> originally from California, one of the original Cosmic Cowboys, the phenomenal drummer, Michael McGarry. And I feel very fortunate that because of Billy Eli and Jim Hemphill, I got to have Michael on my EP a couple of years ago. I recorded in Austin, Texas, and that's just a uh, one of the greatest drummers I've ever seen and heard. Uh, I mean, he just, he gets it done. He gets in there, he gets in there and does it, gets it done in no time flat, and it's always perfect. So we thank the world of Michael McGarry, and we wanted to ask him a little bit about his time with Jerry Jeff Walker and Michael Martin Murphy. Uh, it seems like everybody in Texas has three names. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm just thinking about that today, but uh, other than Willie Nelson, I think everybody, you know, Billy Joe Shaver, Tony Joe White, uh, of course, Tony Joe White wasn't from Texas, but who's counting? Who's keeping score? I'm not keeping score. Um, anyway, we're going to talk to Michael just a little bit and play uh, a few songs from the album and the program, the podcast is always brought to you by our band friends, the Boxmasters. The Boxmasters is one of the most eclectic rock and roll bands playing today. They got a little bit of 60s um, 
Jingle Jangle Birds, kind of Jan, uh, I was going to say Jan and Dean, but Jay and the Americans maybe, I don't know. Uh, a little bit, of a whole lot of 60s pop blended with some hillbilly sensibilities. And it comes through in a unique way. I mean, it's really great. They've got that guy uh, playing drums and singing that you've probably seen on TV and in movies. Uh, Bud Thornton, also known as Billy Bob Thornton. And uh, he's a great drummer and a great songwriter. He co-writes with J.D. Andrew. And J.D. Andrew is a phenomenal songwriter and guitar player. So together they have the Boxmasters. And they they are very prolific. They've recorded, I don't know, something like 10 albums that are out. And there's other albums that still haven't even been released. They just keep putting stuff out. But the new album is called light rays and in this humble writer's opinion is the best one that the guys have put out thus far every song on it is great just great you're gonna want to pick this up and it's just been released this week now so you can order it from the website and uh and at the theboxmasters.com theboxmasters.com go over there and get light rays you can order a vinyl lp and i still love the sound of an analog vinyl lp how about you everybody that likes analog raise your hand raise your hand raise your hand thank you i see all of you I'm, i see them but they also have cds and downloads and diehard fans like me you might want to have the LP and the CD and the download. So you can always have Boxmasters in your vehicle or in your house or on your jam box or on your iPod or, you know, just everywhere. So go to theboxmasters.com. Also follow uh, uh, official Boxmasters on Instagram. Uh, for constant photos, photographs and memories, uh, as Jim Croce used to say, photographs and memories, Christmas cards you sent to me. Um, I'm in a Jim Croce mood today. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the, uh, it's kind of dark and rainy here right now. And uh, I used to love Jim. That's a whole different story. But uh, photographs, on Instagram and uh, follow them on social media, the Boxmasters. And do you like chicken? If you like chicken, like I like chicken, you want good chicken raised on family farms, not industrial farms where they put all kinds of pollutants into the bird. You want somebody that does it right and that is Springer Mountain Farms Springer Mountain Farms family farms family farms they grow these chickens with no antibiotics no hormones no steroids no animal byproducts none of that poison uh-uh it's, it's straight up fresh and I'm going to tell you what Best tasting chicken you'll ever put between your lips. I would not lie to you. I love it. 
and you can order Springer Mountain Farms chicken and have it delivered to your door? What? Or get it at your market, either one. You know, you can you can easily find it in your uh, in your grocery store. Or have it delivered, like I say, in no contact delivery to your door in a cooler. Uh, how much better? It, it, well, it can't get any better than that, can it? SpringerMountain.com SpringerMTN.com Yeah, baby. You do it. So, like I say, our guest today is Michael McGarry, drummer extraordinaire. Heck of a guy. Uh, Austin resident, originally from California. Oh, we love California. Uh, half of my family came from California and half from South Carolina, so I have nothing but fond memories of that beautiful, beautiful state of California. And they put out some pretty cool musicians, right? Including Michael McGarry. So we're going to talk to him about Michael Martin Murphy, Jerry Jeff Walker, etc., uh, etc. Et he even has a Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. <laughs> the Halloween guy. Yeah, the Monster Mash guy. He has a story about him. How about that? And how much is all this going to cost you? I say nothing. It's free. Can you believe it? Absolutely free. So uh, all the songs we're playing today are going to be from the Viva Terlingua album. So we're going to start out with uh, Jeff's cover of the mighty fine song uh, Up Against the Wall redneck mother that's right baby you gotta love it i love it i love it i love it so we're gonna play that and we'll be back and talk to michael right after this tune this song is by ray wiley hubbard was born in Oklahoma and his wife's name Betty Lou Thelma Liz He's not responsible for what he's doing Cause his mother made him what he
the mud flaps you give me for my pickup truck. Always oh, for the oil I put on my hair. T is for T-Bird. H is for Haggard. E is for eggs. And R is for Check 
and I noticed right away on it that we were being paid at the jingle rate. Now, people aren't familiar with recording. There's a different set of pay if you're recording a commercial for the radio. It's called a jingle rate, and it's a flat fee for instrumentalists to come in and play for three hours. The studio rate for uh, album musicians is different, and it's to be union scale for album release, and that's considerably higher than jingle rate. So not only did they pay us at the jingle rate, they paid us for three songs on one session. So the 12 songs that we recorded, 12 or 13, they only paid us for three recording sessions. So I'm looking at my check for doing this album for Michael Murphy for $150. Oh. And we absolutely rebelled. And I went to the Musicians Union. And I sat down with the union rep there. And I told him the story, and he said, we have been trying to get Johnson for, for stuff like this for years. So we'll file a complaint if you're happy to never play in Nashville again, because you'll never get a gig here if you do this. Mm. And I said, go ahead, man. And so we filed a complaint against Bob Johnson for violating union pay bills. Johnson exploded. He blew up at Murphy. And Murphy blew up at us. And he told us none of us will ever play with him again. Well, we said, screw you, Murphy. And we took the band, and we went back to Texas. And we showed up in Texas just as Jerry Jeff was looking for a group. Well, we went all to them, all en masse, all of us, uh, joined up with Jerry Jeff. <laughs> and we went with him, and uh, and we made that, we toured around a little bit, and we made that first record, and then uh, uh, just kept it up for a couple more years, and then made Viva Trilingua, which was just a real trip. Yeah. yeah, it was real fun. But that's how we got there. And eventually, over the years, everybody else did go back and play with Murphy but me. Uh, and there's always been a, 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 you know, we have never spoken since. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a really ratty thing for him to do. And uh, I felt very disrespected by it. We all did. So a couple of weeks later, we each got another check for about $2,000. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, they paid up. He settled. He paid up. And he was pissed off, and uh, he never produced Murphy again. And uh, I have never spoken to Murphy, but uh, everybody was quite happy to pocket that uh, couple couple grand at the time. Oh, so, You know, that's how that happened. Wow. The... Uh... Yeah, they, uh, I remember hearing uh, now Michael Martin Murphy is the same as Michael Murphy, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, he added to Martin later on. Because Michael Murphy had the Wildfire song, right? Wildfire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was in high school, I remember I that. I played that song so damn much. Uh, 
<laughs> the thing about that record, though, it's a good record in a lot of ways. I mean, it's a good, good Murphy record. Now, go back and listen to it. Um, it, it does contain one of the things I'm most proud of in playing, and that is a song called South Canadian River Song. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That song was recorded in one live, continuous take with the entire band playing all at once. There's only one overdub on it, and it's a vocal going, ah! And that is five, that's five of us sitting there and playing that. Oh, that's good. It's gorgeous, man. It's beautifully played. It's a, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a textured, a pretty textured song. And one amazing thing about it is that Gary Nunn, at the last minute, for reasons I don't understand, was forced to play the song in a very strange key. And he did it. And the first time. And and his piano part on that is glorious. He never gets enough credit for, for his work on Murphy and Jerry Jeff albums. Gary P., Gary P. is, is uh, responsible for a lot of the arrangement and the beauty of the music on those two records. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, it was a great group, you know, but I mean, he went on to become a, you know, a, a figure on his own. So did Bob Livingston, uh, you know, and uh, they are, you know, just career singer-songwriter entertainers. That's what they do. Well, uh, uh, talking about Jerry Jeff Walker, um, I uh, when I first started doing journalism, way back, wasn't that far back, but 1991, whatever. One about the second person I ever interviewed was him, and I had they had sent me out to uh, South by Southwest, and uh, and we all know how much fun that is, <laughs> depending on how much alcohol you've got. I've never been to one, man. Oh my gosh! Wow, it was. Uh, I went three times, and this first one though, I was man, I was a rookie. I didn't know what I was doing, and I went to meet him, and I met him at a bar at four o'clock in the afternoon, and he was already kind of you know three sheets to the wind, and uh, we did <laughs> we did our interview. It was really nice. He was really nice to me and everything, but it was like I kept saying you know, making mistakes, rookie mistakes. Like, I, I did not, you know, I haven't mentioned, uh, I mentioned one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs that you ever wrote, Jerry Jeff, Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Ray Wiley Hubbard's song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't really want to do that. You don't want to, like, <laughs> tell somebody that you really like the song that they wrote that they didn't even write. But yeah. That's a great, funny song because you know I was in a, a band called Three Faces West, West with Ray Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah, when he was just out of high school, that's how I got to Texas. And oh. it, it was playing with that group that drew uh, Murphy's uh, attention to me. And when uh, on one afternoon when we had just come off the off the road a long trip. And I was going to go to bed, and the phone rang. It was Gary P. Nunn, and he said, Man, we can't find our drummer, and we're opening for Elton John tonight. Oh, my. Can you come and play the gig? <laughs> and I went down and uh, opened for Murphy. I had never heard him play live before in my 
Oh, my. But Three Faces West played about a dozen of his songs. So I knew the songs. And then for the ones I didn't know, Gary P. Nunn just stood right by the drum set and counted them out for me. <laughs> you know? And I just watched him, and he conducted me through the song. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it was great. And I got the job with Michael Murphy. Uh, you know, and so uh, that was... Wow. That Open was for Elton John. That is pretty trippy. Yeah, just uh, right out of the blue, man. I mean, I was half asleep when I showed up for soundcheck. You know, but uh, that was a really, that was a a great, great night, man. I tell you, that was the first night in at Texas. I felt like a rock star all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Yeah, big, big auditorium, big crowd. You know, we were opening for somebody, but still, the place was just jammed and. And we got a real good reception, and I think, yeah, this is what I want to do, man. Yeah, no doubt. Playing in them honky tonk bars. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Well, uh, you know how that went. (laughs) Well, well, I know that story. The uh, I was going to ask you to kind of just tell me just a little bit about uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Uh, You know, for people that didn't know him, never got to meet him. You know, lots of people admire the guys songwriting let's face it i mean you know and it was like one of the one one of the original uh all y'all were like the original i guess cosmic cowboy guys and uh and everything like that. I, so one, I didn't understand that michael what did you say one what about cosmic cowboy i said y'all y'all you and jerry jeff and all you guys were like the original cosmic cowboys yeah and uh and uh, i wanted to get you to just tell me your thoughts on him as a as a guy, Jerry Jeff. Walker. Well, I tell you, Jerry Jeff. Uh, a lot of my impression of Jerry Jeff has to do more with me than it does him. Yeah. I had never met anyone like him before. I was from California, and I had come from Hollywood, and I had some very strange and naive ideas about what playing music for a living was. Plus, I had no knowledge of this rambling culture. I mean, this cowboy culture was so weird to me. Plus, I don't play guitar. And that has locked me out of a lot of relationships. Because almost everybody you talk to who knew Jerry Jeff plays the guitar. And they were able to sit down and play with him and pick with him and talk. But as a drummer, I never had a good relationship with him because he... He does not play in time. He plays what he wants to play. And then he once told me the the best way to play with him was to play in the holes, but don't play in the holes. (laughs) Plus, when I worked for him, he was a drunk and an addict. So he was difficult to know. We were not friends. And... uh, I, I, for one thing, refused to put up with his shit. He he wanted people to sit up with him all night long. And, and, you know, I did have a good deal of respect for his ability to turn a personal experience into a very touching melody. But what really tainted it a lot for me was the behavior off the road. You know, the songs weren't enough to make up for that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, 
I left the group uh, simply by finding out ahead of time that he'd fired me. He didn't even tell me. But he got, he just decided that, because, you see, what had happened is one night, there's a long story behind it, but one night I woke up and J.J. Walker, drunk, was digging through my suitcase, throwing all my shit all over the room. Oh. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I know you got something in here. I know you got something. Oh. And I punched him right in the face. And that was not a good thing for our relationship. <laughs> so uh, not long after that, I discovered that I had been replaced. But I was never told. So lucky I was able to get my money the pay that was owed me and and come back uh, and get back to Texas. Uh, and after that's when I hooked up with B.W. Stevenson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it was really funny. I mean, I had a very rocky relationship with these Cosmic Cowboy guys. Um, and But, you know, part of it was me. I, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to let everything be sloppy like that. Yeah. You know, I, I I came from a military, from the military band, and from, from really some really pretty traditional ways of rehearsing, you know, and stuff like that. I, I played with the symphony, and uh, I played with, uh, you know, in, on, on big bands and larger bands and stage bands and things like that. And so the discipline was much stronger, and I, I just, I, felt, I I was offended by this drunken guy. You know, that would show up at a show too drunk to play. And the crowd walking out, you know, and I just, and that didn't sit well with oh. me. And it was pretty well obvious. So even though we did make that beautiful album, and I, I think it's one of the, it's one of the best things I've ever played on for sure. Uh, and and I gotta say I can't slam Jerry Jeff too much. I was kind of intolerant, you know. I didn't know how to be friends with him. I I just didn't. And and I can't play guitar. And I I'm not real. I don't like to sit up all night and talk about old Texas stories because I'm from California. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So you know what I mean, Mark? It, it was kind of like being the odd man out sometimes. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I did learn how to play with him. I learned how to follow his elbow and his butt because that's all you can do, you know. You, he has a particular way of dipping his shoulder uh, so I could keep up with him. But, uh, you know, he would change directions in the middle of a song sometimes. It'd be, <laughs> never know what was going to happen. So, yeah, he, he was a living legend and larger than life and everything. And, and the truth is, I only knew him for a couple of years. So, yeah. you know, you get a better Jerry Jeff story from a lot of other people. Uh, well, you got, a gold, you got a gold record out of it anyway, didn't you? I say again now? You got a gold record out of it, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's I really saw a picture of that. Um, I think I saw a picture of that on your website. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, you know, it's my friend Kelly Dunn played on that, too, and, and Kelly Dunn recently passed away, too, that, that really hurt me, he was my, my childhood friend, 
But uh, uh, we grew up together listening to soul music, and uh, we really liked, you know, more of the New Orleans uh, sound. We were just way into James Brown and Wilson Pickett and soul music and stuff like that. And uh, Harry came out, out to California just for a visit. I mean, out to Texas just for a visit. He's looking for something to do. And he happened to show up in the middle of a rehearsal. And, uh, but, you know, he sat down and started playing the piano, and Jerry just said, you want to join the band? And he was in. And so that was so great. Me and my best old friend were in a country band together. Very strange. We get a gold record, which we'd always dreamed of. Yeah. Uh, but for a country record, we always thought that was kind of weird. Um uh, and and people should know that a gold record back then means a lot more than it does now. Yeah. Because like, it's on vinyl, and people had to go out to a record store and go buy the thing. No downloads. That's I really miss that very badly. That, oh, yeah. That, I love the big albums and the liner notes and the... Everything about it, you know. The pictures on them and how. Yeah, it was so good, man, to, when I first started getting into the recording industry. And I just learned as much as I could from everybody. And I learned a lot from people who were putting together record covers. I, I knew a few of them in L.A., especially the uh, the woman who did Buffalo Springfield's covers. Oh. Uh, Annie, uh, I'm trying to remember her name was Annie... Uh, I forget, but but she was a collage artist, and so that uh, Buffalo Springfield album uh, with all the little angels on it, she did that, and then I knew oh. photographers, and, and I learned about what an incredible thing it is to put together a cover. Yeah, yeah, that's always one of my favorite things is album covers. Yeah. Uh, I always loved a really beautiful album cover. Um, let me ask you this, I, I mean. Wow. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned if you, that you might play something, and there is one thing about Viva Trilingua. Yeah. That's a that's a good story. Uh, well, it's one of my yeah, it's one of my favorite stories, and it has to do with that song. And, and uh, I posted a little something on my Facebook page about it, but it was when Jerry Jeff came, and, and we were all sitting around there in that barn house in Lukenbach, and he started making up that song, Sangria Wine. Right. And he was just sort of scrumming, going, I like Sangria Wine. And he's, a little bit of it he was playing, and I immediately thought, man, this would sound really good reggae. But I thought, how am I going to, what am I going to, how am I going to get reggae across to these cowboys? <laughs> Especially when Gary Nunn called, oh, oh, that Reggie music. Reggie. I've heard of that Reggie. <laughs> so I started trying to explain it, and, and I started going, uh-oh, there are some things about reggae here that I'm not even going to try, because it'll confuse these guys, and they'll they'll get discouraged and go back and play this like a damn uh, folk song again. Because it was shaping up to just be a really another throwaway tune. So I just tried, you know, got Louis, uh, Louis to play that little bass part and, and Harris to play that little uh, 
twangy high guitar part, and I had to kind of let Jerry Jeff alone. I, I really wanted him to play that that backbeat guitar uh, after beat like he's on reggae all the time. Yeah. And I also wanted to play the one drop uh, drum pattern that you hear on reggae all the time, where the, the kick drum is on the backbeat instead of on the downbeat. Yeah. I figured those things were going to be too demanding. You know, they were going along with me, but I had a figure, I had a feeling that if I tried to be too, you know, they'd just go fuck this, or it was too confusing. So I just let him go and play his his part. And it, I, it's very interesting uh, too. So they they let me arrange it, and uh, I think it sounds great, and it saved it from being just a a run of the mill song. Uh, but it's a, it's a kind of strange, a little bit country, a little bit uh, calypso, a little bit Reggie music. Great tune if you were going to play one, I would pick that one. Well, yeah, we'll play that. We'll play that right right here, right now.
like I love old friends of mine They tell the truth when they're mixed with the wine That's why I learned in the lemons and lime And I love that sangria wine Love to drink it with old friends of mine Yeah, I love to drink with friends of mine When we get drunk on that sangria wine I mean, you can't 
you got to turn your back, you know? <laughs> and so I just, that's what I remember about it. These breasts that were, that were plastic, obviously plastic. It was funny. So anyway, we played the, the, we played the rehearsal with them, and uh, they had some really bad songs, and the guy can't sing to save his ass. And uh, nothing ever came of it, but that's my Bobby Pickett story. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth. <laughs> funny guy. That's pretty funny. Met, met a bunch of guys like that. You know, there's a place called the Rainbow Grill. That was a real popular eatery in Hollywood. And I was standing in the lobby one time, uh, uh, schmoozing around. So I was dressed up, dressed up like a rock star. This is back when I used to live in Hollywood. So I dressed up like a rock star to go schmoozing around and just try to get in places, you know, try to meet people, try to insinuate myself somewhere. And so I'm standing and you know, waiting to get in like I'm somebody. And I turned around and George Harrison is standing behind me. No. And I just said, hello, George, I'd like your band. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was awestruck, you know what I'm saying? I mean, God, no doubt. I, I was just standing there. I had to turn around again or else I would be gawking at him. But that mm. was, you know, very that Elvis Presley leaning up against a, 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 a bus stop in the middle of Sunset Boulevard in the middle of the afternoon and nobody recognizes him. Oh, my. That was wow. terrible. I just walked, I said, Elvis? <laughs> anyway, I, uh, That's cool. Well, uh, let me ask you one more thing. Uh, I wanted to just kind of touch on this. I didn't... I was looking at your Facebook page, and I saw that you you also do uh, woodworking. Is that right? Oh yeah, uh, that's what I I started when I started getting into my fifties and realizing that you know that the touring and the rock and roll life was going to be coming to an end because I did not want to push it and be an aging rocker. You know, just desperate for gigs and working a day job, so. I liked wood, and I just started out on my own being a woodworker and trying to get paid for it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I uh, well, I want to uh, say one thing while I got you, and make a public, uh, just a public comment, and say a big thank you to you because, uh, as you know, you played drums on my little. I love that, man. I pull my wife likes it too. I think it's incredibly good. And and uh, the job that uh, that what's his name did? Jim Hemphill. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he made that record sound really good, didn't he? Yeah, he was. He's amazing. He's an amazing guy. Oh, I know it. I wanted to record with him, and I I could never get him to pay any attention to me. And my bass player Joey, that came out with me from South Carolina. He 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 speaks of you with great reverence. Is uh, one of our one of the favorite drummers that he and I have ever worked with, and that's a and we worked with some really good ones. But it's like it was just watching you come in there. Eli had already told us how you are that you just get in and get it done. And uh, but my God, I couldn't believe how quickly you got. You got your parts done, and it was just all just right on. It was just great, and uh, 
And I, I brag about you quite a bit. Just want to let you know that. I'm always yeah. telling people, you know, he played for Jerry Jeff Walker, but he played for me too. I wonder if you would be interested in playing. Um, I made a cover of The Wheel. That's oh, yeah? another great story about Viva Tulangua. Let me tell you this one. Yeah. We thought we were done recording the record, right? So we're out there in Lukenbach, and it, there's nothing out there. You know, it was really a great place to do a record away from the city. And so we had some uh, some um, uh, psychoactive substances stashed away that we were going to partake of when we had uh, when the, when we had the thing wrapped up. Yeah. So we wrapped it up and, and we went off to a little uh, shady spot, just the band, none of the management or Jerry Jeff or anybody, and we all partook of our psychedelic substance, and we're getting into full-blown uh, condition when Brodsky, the, 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 the producer, found us. He must have heard us talking or something, but he found us and came clambering through the brush and he said, there's one more song and we have to do it right now because the truck is leaving in a couple of hours to go to New York. Oh. Oh, we all looked at each other and just, you know what kind of grin I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I do. God! So we made our way back in there, dude, and I'm telling you this, I don't remember feeling the floor under me. <laughs> but we go back in there, and Jerry just starts singing the wheel. <laughs> and so if you listen to that song, Jerry just has no idea. <laughs> but, but nobody else has any idea but those of us playing on it. Right. We are looking at each other with, with kaleidoscope eyes, man. <laughs> Just, and I'm not so tripped out. I forgot to pray. I got so into the tune, man, I was listening to how beautiful the song was, and I couldn't find any place for me to play anything. Oh, wow. Although there was, I should have been playing on the chorus. But at the very end of the tune, you might hear a little bit of drums in the background. But yeah, I was a trip, man. We were just out really? there. <laughs> you listen to that song, you'll hear it. You will hear oh, it well. in there. Oh well. Yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, uh, I. If I took a rolling wheel, roll it ten times round, would it travel far from here? Would it just go round, round and round? As a young boy, I helped the old man working in the fields. And every day, we hauled the hay to the rolling of the wheels. Till one day, Tractor laid the old man down to the ground The tractor pitched him into a ditch And left a dusty sound Of the wheel that kept spinning round 
wheel kept spinning round. Rolling wheels, rolling home, taking us all on our way. Rolling wheels, rolling home, taking back all that they gave. Taking us all on our way. They're taking back all that they saved. I've never knew. Father will walk all in too soon. Said he was an officer, saw some pictures in my room. The letter said he was reported dead near the front lines he'd been found. My mind blew as deep into a twisted heap. I still hear the sound of the wheel that kept spinning round. Rolling wheels, rolling home, taking us all on our way. Rolling wheels, rolling home, taking us all. Taking back all that they saved, taking us all away. My brother chased a dream of wheels, his whole life geared for the race. As soon as he could, he drove off for good. His whole life was short, quick, and straight. He only lived. Spin those wheels and make that move over ground. Till the steering failed and he crashed the rails. He laid there still for the sound of the wheel that kept spinning round. All on our way, the rolling wheels rolling on, taking back all that they gave. Taking us all on our way, that's taking back all that they saved. As for me, my life's too short. The wheel has carried me far. Around this world a hundred times, drive up truck, train, bike, or car, and just like the rest, I roll on to my death on a country road far from town. It's there by the wheel, just as sure as I feel that there won't be but one sound. That's the wheel that keeps spinning round. Yeah, we'll let keep spinning round. The rolling wheels, rolling home, 
Jeff Walker right there and uh, a song called Wheel that uh, Michael was talking about during the interview there. It's going to wrap up our special edition number two of the Kudzu Radio Hour and we appreciate you guys listening to us. We hope you'll subscribe to our channels uh, on our uh, Kudzu Radio Hour and also on our uh, Ambassador of Southern Rock YouTube channel. And follow us on uh, Buffalo Tribe on Twitter. And my, uh, I have two accounts on Instagram, Michael Buffalo Smith and a Southern Rock Hall of Fame account. Hope you'll sign up for all those. Yeah, just everything, you know, because, you know, I, I tend to ramble. So uh, you might, there'll be a, be a little something on the, uh, different on one side it's on another side etc 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 so anyway that uh like i say that last song was called wheel and uh Joe jeff walker want to thank the fabulous michael mcgarry for being my guest today and uh, we will be back on saturday october 31st on halloween with Billy Eli and the rest of the whole Hee Haw gang to do our regular podcast. We we'll hope you'll tune in for that. The podcast is, of course, brought to you by the Boxmasters. The Boxmasters band out of Los Angeles, California. Um, and I always like to say their drummer is a southerner. Their drummer is a transplanted southerner. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, you know, you've heard of him. He's a Oscar-winning actor and a Golden Globe-winning actor. But he's also a rock and roll drummer and a songwriter and a uh, double-knot spy. <laughs> nah, it's not a double-knot spy. I was just kidding about that. But anyway, uh, he and J.D. Andrew have the Boxmasters. And their coolest album they've ever done out of all ten that they've done is the current one called Light Rays. I would suggest that you go to boxmasters.com and I noticed that JD has put some old swag up there now, some autographed CDs from the past, some t-shirts, some all sorts of cool things, shot glasses. Hey, you can get it all, an ashtray. Get a Boxmasters ashtray because once they're gone, there won't be any more. That's for sure. Uh... Yeah, man. Cool stuff. Theboxmasters.com. 
and get the Light Rays album. And also, when you go to the grocery store and you go to buy chicken, uh, scoot on over to the part where they have the frozen, skinless, boneless chicken breast, and it's branded with the, not the chicken, but the package is branded Springer Mountain Farms because they have the best chicken and it is fresh, 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 fresh chicken. Raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts, none of that junk that can kill you. This is good, healthy chicken. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily be a vegetarian, okay? I know you hear that you need to be. But if you're going to eat meat, get the good, healthy meat like this. This is good, you know. This is better than good. This is great. Uh, you grill it up. You get yourself a Springer Mountain Farms frozen chicken breast and slap that puppy on the grill. Get you some veggies and uh, you're fixed up, you know. Turn the box masters on to about 11, volume 11. And um, I wouldn't advise dancing and chewing chicken at the same time but 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 you know you can chew up the chicken and swallow it then dance a bit and then have some more chicken see I know these things I've studied these I've read books about this proper ways to eat chicken while dancing there are several books out on that there really are um I wouldn't I wouldn't make that up. I mean, I'm serious about that. I'm very serious about that. I'm very I don't want anybody to do anything that may cause them harm. So no dancing because uh you know, you separate the dancing and the chicken because chicken choking is <laughs> Okay, make your own jokes, okay? Just make your own jokes. Make your own chicken choker jokes. But I will tell you what. If you're going to get chicken and you want it fresh, Springer Mountain Farms, tell Gus and Susan that I sent you and uh, they'll roll their eyes. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, they're great people with a great product, just like the Boxmasters. So there you go. Thanks again for listening today, and uh, we will be back, like I said, Saturday with our special Halloweeny show. And uh, we uh, didn't get to do the broadcast Saturday because of technical difficulties. So this week we'll be talking about uh, our favorite bootleg shows and Halloween music and much, much more. Just all kinds of stuff coming your way on the Kudzu Radio Hour. So we'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Bye now.